Welcome, everybody, to Two and a Half Athletes. My name is Rick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tony. Unfortunately, Sonny and David are out tonight, so they'll be here next episode, probably tomorrow or in the next few days, talk NBA, talk a few other things. But, Tony, last time we talked, right, one of the questions at the end of our last podcast were, you know, we went to a smaller Division II school. If you could start all over again and and could go to one university, where would you go? It is an interesting question because for how small our school was compared to visiting different bigger schools, like I've been to uh, State College, Penn State, and it just blows our school out of the water. So I did think about it a little bit, and I'm going to go with Texas down in Austin. When I was down there, like walking around the campus just felt like it was just a whole different world. Like it didn't feel like a college of what I was used to. And I didn't even go to a game or anything. I just like walked around the stadium and just got like walked near they had like a shrine of uh like football players so like vince young's jersey ricky williams jersey and that just gave me chills then like spend the rest of the week in the city there it's an amazing city like the the bar scene was awesome like the outdoors life was awesome the the lakes the hikes everything about it so definitely gonna go with austin and the the barbecue the barbecue i mean that's a class of its own right there but that was amazing but yeah definitely definitely texas yeah, that, that's a great pick. And, you know, my girlfriend just went down there and she said it was amazing. She said the only negative would be that everything's pretty far away. But I think that's something that people are accustomed to down south and everywhere else. Right. Like we grew up in a city or area where we can get to places via train or bus like very easily. Um, right. And then. I'm kind of going with you and I picked the university of Florida and I know it's really random, but they have a good football team. Like the football stadium looks like a great environment. Their basketball team is usually pretty, you know, pretty decent. And then they have also like really good other teams. They have a great softball team, a great baseball team. Like they have it all. The only thing I don't know about Gainesville when I'm looking at the map, it looks like it's in, like north central florida so yeah it's yeah, about it's like an hour and a half state. right so it's about an hour and a half to orlando and it looks like about an hour and 15 minutes to jacksonville so you can do like those weekend trips you know with a few friends or go somewhere different places um that's the only negative i would see in that area would be i don't really know what you can do in gainesville but that was like my random choice uh for a university i would want to go to and even just like how you said the stadium alone, that was always an appeal to mine growing up. Like seeing that environment on college game day, like when Tebow was there or even before that when they were good, um, it, it was just, it just seemed amazing. And I had no idea what part of Florida was. You just think like, oh, it's down in Florida, it's on the beach. But yeah, it's right. like in the middle of the state, there's probably not much water access other than like some lakes and stuff you can go on. But yeah, that's a good pick as well. Exactly. And then, the other choice is like the simple one, which is I used um, back in the day, there used to be the show Zoe 101 and with Jamie Lynn Spears and they were at Pepperdine. And I just remember that campus. And then you Google it and you're like, wow, like the wow factor is just there with the views and everything. I think the only downside is, downside is that I think everything is pretty expensive out there. So um, it wouldn't be like my number one choice, but if, like money was not involved, I might choose Pepperdine. <laughs> That's a good one as well. I also thought uh, I also thought University of Washington. It is, <laughs> it's kind of opposite of what I'm saying about Austin. Like in terms of the weather, the the athletics, the everything like about that. But 
University of Washington has this thing called the the sailgate and being a big sports fan growing up and everything tailgating has always been awesome like no matter what sport it is like my girlfriend played lacrosse in college and even like that tailgate was awesome with 12 of us and having like a water and one beer and a hamburger hot dog and that tailgate was awesome but the sailgate at University of Washington nobody drives well I should say people drive but the majority of people take their boats and they park them in this more little marina next to the stadium and they all just party on the boats like for the first three four hours before the game and then they go in the game and they just continue to party yeah that looks amazing as well that's awesome i just googled it it looks like a little inner harbor kind of like baltimore has and then right. just boats all parked in there i guess there's like i don't even know what you call it mini boats or boats that pull up to these yachts and bring you into the stadium area but that is so yeah. sick i did not know it was on the water that stadium either yeah, crazy. It really goes under the radar. And also with Washington, it's not that far from like Vancouver or even some notable like ski areas. And I love to ski. So that'd be that'd be something I'd be interested in doing. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. So those are our three or four choices of where we would want to go. I mean, obviously Georgia Bulldogs is a great school, so we would love to go there. But let's Yeah, go I, into- I don't want to pick the obvious there. <laughs> exactly. So let's they are number one this week. So we're looking good. But let's get right into it with the NFL, right? It was a big week specifically for the Eagles, right? They went down to Carolina. They beat them 21-18. It wasn't a pretty game at all, but they did get the win. Some other games to note, the Rams beat the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football Divisional game. Packers beat the Bengals in OT. The Packers and the Bengals missed four field goals in uh, the fourth quarter and overtime, but Mason Crosby eventually sealed the deal. Um, If we're looking down at some other games as well, the Chargers beat the Browns 47-42, one of the larger scoring games of the year. And the Cardinals beat the 49ers to remain 5-0. And then the final game, um, Bills beat the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are kind of in, you know, a spot where it might be desperation mode, but um, we'll we'll have to see. Um, But if we want to get into the Eagles, Tony, what, what were some things that you saw? Let's hit on the positives first. I thought the defense played much better, especially than the last two weeks. The last two weeks, giving up 40 points each. This They really contained anything that Sam Darnold could do. He kind of looked like the Sam Darnold of Jets. <laughs> I think they looked like a completely different team almost. I don't. It, it's almost like they weren't coached by the same guy or didn't have the same scheme or anything, but they looked completely different. And I thought Hurts looked good. Um, I don't think he looked great because, again, we're seeing – some miscues with the deep ball or even some inaccuracy with some out routes, but I thought he looked good. I mean, he won the game and yeah, let's start with that with the positives and I'm going to go straight with the negatives. I, I don't know who our offensive coordinator thinks he is with calling these screenplays and just trying to get creative with some of these 30 short calls and goal line calls. And he's going to get himself fired quick. And I don't know if Nick Sirianni is hearing these calls before and they're going in and just like green with them, let them go. I just don't understand it. It's it's awful. It is awful. And the execution, if you see it, a screenplay not work for five, six times in the first half and you just keep going to it, what are you trying to do? Like, it's not going to work against every team. It's not going to work how it is in practice. Like, you got to just give it up and move on. So, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I was, I was on the way back from somewhere and I was listening to the game on 94 WIP um, with Mike Quick and – uh, Merrill Reese, obviously, 
And Mike Quick, you could just hear the frustration in his voice with the play calling. But if we hit on some more positives, like Jake Elliott, two for two, looked pretty good. The Eagles offensively didn't do great, but you know when they had, the opportunity was presented in the fourth quarter when they got the ball in the, in the Panthers territory, they executed and they scored a touchdown. That's all you really you know ask for for your offense, right? I mean, right. they didn't play well the entire game, but when you have an opportunity like that, you can't let it get away from you, and they didn't. So you know, a win's a win. Uh, they didn't play great, but it is what it yeah. is. Exactly. We said a win's a win. They did contain DJ Moore. He's been one of the best receivers in the league this year. He only had five for 42. Um, Panthers are really missing McCaffrey. Their their rushing game was, I mean, Hubbard had, I mean, he had 26 carries, along the 26, ended up going 100 yards, but it didn't seem like it was effective in the past weeks, like how Kansas City was effective or even Dallas was effective. It just yeah. it seemed like it was more contained, more two, three yard carries here and there bust one out for seven, eight yards, but it wasn't something that it could rely on. And again, we have another week of Jay Jaw not on the stat line. So again, questioning why is he on the roster? Yeah. Zero targets throughout the whole year. Really concerning. It's just like, what, what's going on? If he's not going to be part of the picture, maybe just get rid of him. get, get a guy from, for the special teams who can play wide receiver as well. Gainwell yeah, has looked good. So I really like yeah. him. I know a few of our friends, are really into gain well. My problem is with that, like I know he's he can run the rock. I know he can catch the ball out of the backfield. My only issue with that is Miles Sanders is in his third year. He has one more year. So he is a four-year contract. Like they should really be running him, running Miles Sanders into the ground if they're not going to pay him. Um, so I think that's the only downside. But maybe you know, Lori and Roseman, they think that they can retain Miles Sanders for the cheap if they keep his production down, but I don't I don't really see how that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I I hope he does stay because I love him. I think he's one of the best offensive skill guys they have, and even with a I don't want to say stronger, but a better, healthier offensive line, he could be very effective on any other team. So I think if they start scheming just towards him, they can be very effective on the running game, which they have not shown at all this year. But yeah. Yeah, the rest of the the receivers, not great. I mean, Smith seven targets, seventy seven receptions. Rager only three receptions, but he they are utilizing him on the punting and kick returning game. So I think I think it's going to be a matter of weeks here before we see him break one because that, that yeah. was his specialty in college, and he he does look confident back there. So at least they're utilizing him there. But Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm, I was excited about the defense, especially Slay and Nelson. They they were reading Darnold better than the receivers, it seemed. Right, agreed. Now let's get into some of the other games, and I kind of want to go with this, right, how we made our predictions in week zero. So if we're looking at some of our predictions, Dave was had his first prediction of, you know, he had five boomer bust teams, and he eventually landed on, you know, I'm going to ride with the Broncos this year. The Broncos are now three and two. They lost their last two games, lost a tough one against the Steelers. I think they had a shot to score and then go for two, but uh, Bridgewater threw an interception in the back of the end zone. So, you know, the Broncos are in a tough division, right? So they're obviously in the same division as the Chargers, Chiefs, and the Raiders. Um, so it's going to be tough. So they are boomer bust, but they still have a long way to go. I know they get next week, they have the Raiders, who are dumpster fire now <laughs> with um, John Gruden resigning. Um, but then they have – 
the Browns away, which will be a tough game. And then they have Washington football team, Cowboys, Eagles, and then they get back in the divisional game with the Chargers. So if they can find a way to get a few of those games, it won't be bad. I, I think they still can do something. I agree. I think I think they do win in Vegas. Vegas is upside down right now with the, their head coach just resigning five weeks into the season. So do they think when I think they win there? It makes them four and two, lose to Cleveland, and then probably steal one out of the NFC East division, making them five and three. So that's not too bad going to their bye week. And then they have time to prep for the Chargers. If they they're divisional teams, so they can scheme towards the Chargers they seem every year. Um after that, Kansas City's looked not the Kansas City of years past. And they have some easy easy games after that. So, yeah, I mean, they, they could still, definitely still be a playoff team. We could see three, four teams out of that division right there. Right, right. It might be the first time, right, with 17 games compared to 16. Um, and then we go to Sonny's prediction. Sonny, you know, he said he really liked the Saints this year um, and Marquez Callaway. And it just so happens that Marquez Callaway had two touchdowns this past week, one on like a Hail Mary throw, which is uh, lucky here and there, right? But Saints are starting to turn the corner maybe. Maybe Jameis is starting to find his groove in that offense. But they have next the Buccaneers – sorry, the Seahawks, then the Buccaneers, and then Falcons, Titans, Eagles. So there's a stretch there of five games where they can go three and two – if they go three and two, they're looking at six and four. So they're in a good spot to, you know, try to make the wild card or something of that nature. Right. And they do get Michael Thomas back next week after week six, I believe. So, I mean, that's definitely going to help Jameis being the big possession guy he is and probably even open up some space for Callaway. Yeah. I mean, that defense is still good, right? It's going to be interesting to see, you know, that midseason flip. If they can turn the Jets on and, you know, start to find their groove, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because um, mm-hmm. obviously that's been holding them back. But let's get into your prediction and my prediction, because they kind of played each other last week, right? So you really like the Chargers this year. You thought they were going to be one of the better teams in the NFL. Justin Herbert, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Now he's like my number three or four quarterback in the league just because of his play recently. And then the and then my choice obviously was the Browns win the Super Bowl, who are three and two. And then before we get into the game, one of the points I brought up in our previous podcasts were to win the AFC. The I think the best way would have been if the Chiefs don't have home field advantage. And at this point, the Chiefs don't have home field advantage sitting at two and three. So maybe that can be like a little recipe for success. I mean, I'm not discrediting other places are hard to play, right? Like Buffalo seems like a tough place to play right, um, right. And, and some other spots, but um, maybe, maybe that is a recipe for success. So I just want to hear your thoughts on the chargers and wh- what do you think is you're looking going forward? Herbert right now, in my opinion, is probably one a maybe one B MVP, but for what he's doing in his second year in the league is phenomenal. Like you see this very rare out of quarterbacks this young. He was 26 for 43, 398 in the air, four touchdowns, and then another touchdown rushing. So that's phenomenal, especially against the Browns defense. Browns defense has been very good all year. I mean, he, he is so much fun to watch. He, he resurrected Mike Williams's career. He's he's one of the best receivers in the league right now, stats wise. And he was coming out of college and he got banged up and missed some games here and there. And like I remember talking to 
our buddy uh, fancy draft this year. I said, why is Mike Williams going so low? They're like, oh, they don't really use him that much anymore. And I mean, he's been balling out. He's up there top of the league in numbers, but him and Keenan Allen and then Eckler, three touchdowns for Eckler himself. They're, they're a very good team. Yeah. Very good team. And it was interesting that Brandon Staley, right. Gave him really the keys to the offense, you know, fourth down after fourth down, he said, I'm riding with my guy. I'm riding with Herbert. I'm riding with this, you know, offensive line and Mike Williams, obviously Keenan Allen and Eckler and Eckler is a great, um, you can catch the ball out of the backfield. So, Oh my God. Timeout. Lamar Jackson may have just fumbled. Going into the end zone here. Yeah. So we are recording live during the, the Colts Ravens game. And that might be his second fumble going into the end zone. This this game here. Well, one of which play. one of which the Colts returned for a touchdown, but got called back because Darius Leonard you know forward lateral on the return. So they need to score here and then go for two. Oh, he just cannot give up the ball sometimes. Um I think his knee was down there. He was down, but they ran another play, and he just refuses to hand the ball off in this RPO, like in first and goal. He just refuses yeah. to hand it off. It's unbelievable. It happened on the first fumble. Latavius right, first one handed it off and yep, right yep. into the end zone. But we were talking about the charges, right? And Brandon Staley, he, he was just giving Herbert every opportunity, fourth down after fourth down, to go for it and, and try to find a way to win the game. Um, so it is exciting to see. They actually have a pretty – Simple schedule coming up. They have Ravens, Patriots, Eagles, Vikings. So should really go three and one out of those. If you're go three and one out of those, you're looking at seven and two. You're in a great spot to win that division. Right. And you, you really just have to hold off Kansas City. I think Las Vegas is going to start dying down a little bit. We talked about Denver, but Kansas City is going to have a few more games here before they have a second half charge towards the top of that division. So hold off Kansas City, win that division, and then – Try to get yourself a buy and set yourself up for some playoff success here. It is yeah. crazy how different their offense looks just with a new coaching coordinator. Like it's it's just that simple. Like their offense is kind of just untapped potential right now compared to what it was with who's the coach last year, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, yep. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it real quick. We're gonna do who's wearing the crown this week. So Tony, I'll go to you first. I'm gonna start off with giving you just some. Not some shapes, but just some objects. And I want to see if you can get what I'm thinking here. I'm going to go the Easter egg, the pumpkin, the Christmas tree, and the heart. I have no idea what you're getting to. Those are the four best Reese's flavors. (laughs) When holiday season comes around, no matter what it is, Reese's produces this limited edition holiday-themed shaped Reese's. And every single year, they're better than the other Reese's. And I have no idea what they're doing different. I don't know if they're adding more peanut butter or just putting some more love into it, but crown of the week is Reese's for me, 100%. Oh, my gosh. You can't be more right because I specifically like the Easter egg Reese's the best out of all of them because I think it has a little bit more peanut butter than the other ones. I think that's what it is. And even – I, I swear it's just a different, and I actually emailed Reese's. I found a, an email just asking them if it's a different formula or trying to spoil their secret here. And I haven't got anything back yet, but I will keep you posted. But even when you freeze them, keep them in the freezer for a day or so, the texture is still different. So I don't know what they're doing, but they're every holiday season that comes around, they're so good. So good. I'm kind of staying on the same track of you with who's wearing the crown. I'm not doing like a food, but a place that sells food. I went to Wawa and 
I was talking to the front desk cashier and she just made my morning. Like she was gassing me up so much. She was calling me baby and honey and everything like that. So she just, you know, was so cheerful and so you know energetic on a Monday morning that it really started my week off. Right. And I can't thank her enough. I might have to go down there tomorrow and get coffee just to say hello again and, you know, tell her, I don't know, gas her up a little bit saying, Hey, how are you doing? Et cetera, et cetera. So right. she's going to be uh, my, who's wearing the crown this week. I, with that, I'm a big advocate of customer service. I think the smallest thing like that, like you just, somebody saying hello to you at Wawa, like I will continuously go back to that Wawa for that reason. People should, should start doing that more. It makes, it makes people's day without you even knowing it. Exactly. And then let's get into the fraud of the fraud of the week. So I'll let you go first for this one. I usually go first in this segment. Okay. Go first. I have two here. One, I'm going to go Sam Howell. He plays quarterback for the North Carolina Tar Heels. He was odds on favorite to win the Heisman this year, projected to be a top five pick in the NFL. And he just lost to Florida State for his third loss of the season. I have, I have a small little grudge with him because – me just betting on a game last year. Uh, this was North Carolina's second last game, the game before their bowl game last year. And he was like down like four points, down one possession with like 10 minutes left to go. And the announcer called him Mr. Fourth Quarter. And being called that on a national stage just really caught my attention. I, don't, I wasn't even fully paying attention to the game at the time, but it, I turned my head. I was like, Mr. Fourth Quarter, who the hell is this guy? I just bet on the team because I liked the line. I didn't bet on the quarterback. From that very point right there, he threw three interceptions and they lost the game. So me seeing that he was odds on favor for the Heisman and projected to be a top pick in the NFL, I was like, all right, this guy is very overrated. I don't know what people think they're watching, but yeah, he is now three and three this year and his draft stock is dropping. So Mr. Fourth Quarter, you got to find a new slant here. But but also I'm going to go back on my food for my second one here. There is a McDonald's about a quarter of the mile away from me here in Conchalk, and it's right over the bridge on, on West Country side. The last six times I've gone to this McDonald's, they've been closed. Like, not even just the drive-through closed, the inside closed. Everything During regular the- working hours, or is this after hours? I've gone, I've gone um, after work at 6 o'clock, closed. I've gone three different times at, like, 9, 30, 10 o'clock when you get the munchies a little bit, closed, closed. And Sunday morning breakfast, 9.30, closed. And I, there's no sign saying, like, closed for innovation. And this is, like, in a span of, like, eight months. So my I'm fully out of McDonald's just because that one location. I'm taking my business elsewhere to other fast food places in the meantime. That is unbelievable. So then my, my frauds of the week. The first one is going to be the NFL officials, the NFL officiating. Yeah, Thursday night football was a flag fest where there was flags being thrown around everywhere. I'm literally, we're literally taping this during the Colts Ravens game. They just called a personal foul on um, Young on the Ravens. So he's laying on the ground. He gets smacked in the head by Doyle, the tight end for the Colts. And then he obviously retaliates and Coyle does like a little dive and gets the personal foul penalty. But the NFL officials has just been so bad recently. It was, they're bad in the Chargers Browns game. It's starting to be picked like, talked about all the time nationally um, on different shows and everything. So there's, that's my first fraud. My second fraud is Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler came into college football, you know, being the number one QB, you know, coming out of Arizona, he's, he's going to Oklahoma. He's the Heisman favorite in year one. He's the Heisman favorite in year two. He just doesn't perform well. 
he lost his job essentially uh, this week against Texas. And then he just isn't that good. And I think he's going to have to transfer for his NFL like stock to remain the same. Um, so he's, he's my fraud of the week. Um, and talking about the, the shoes he had to fill, they went from Baker number one overall in the NFL draft, Kyler Murray, number one overall NFL draft. Jalen Hurst transferring didn't go number one, but went second round and got them into a what Sugar Bowl, I believe. So they had three amazing college quarterbacks, and then he came in and from day one they were like, "Oh, here comes Spencer Rattler!" Like not a drop from Oklahoma, and they were ranked four to start the season, and they're like, oh, "Oklahoma's not going to miss a beat this year." And he he's been very dis- uh, disappointing, in my opinion. Yeah, and the Big Twelve really hasn't had anyone to compete with Oklahoma. He's just been shooting himself in the foot. With uh, you know his his gameplay this year and last year, so he's my fraud of the fraud of the week. But if we if let's go get into the NFL Week Six, we're actually coming down to the end of the Colts Ravens game. 25, 25, six seconds left. I'm surprised the Colts are running a play here actually, um, with one timeout left. Maybe they're going to try to draw them off sides or something, or get them or get Blankenship on the right side of the field that he wants to be. But I'm really surprised they're snapping this ball. And they did this in the, the first half. They had seven seconds left from the – it would have been a 54-yarder, seven seconds left, and they actually ran a play, and they got about 15 yards and got in better field goal range. But I think Blankenship is hurt a little bit right now. I think it was his hip from the alert I saw earlier. So maybe they're just trying to help him out a little bit, center the ball where he needs to be, make it a little easier on him. But He pushed it. Blankenship missed field goal. We're going to overtime with the Colts-Ravens. And we only have a few minutes left, I think. Let's get into week six of the NFL, right? So I don't really want to touch on it too much, Tony, with the Eagles-Buccaneers because I think everyone has their own opinion of how the game's going to go. We really – so I don't really want to touch on it too much. No, let's – the Eagles aren't um, winning. Let's just let's just move on. The Bucs will win that game. A little birdie in my head says that the Eagles might compete, but let's look at some of the other games, right? We have – We got a road. stinker in the, um, the Dolphins and Jags in London again. So that will be – the over-under line right now is set at 45, and it's probably 20 points too high. I actually like Jacoby Brissett. I think he's been playing good football lately. Yeah, he's um, not bad. He's he's a pretty good backup. I, I just don't expect – like, exactly what you saw with the Colts. His, like, ceiling was 78 wins. But, like, which intern gets gets the promotion here? Because last week's London game was freaking Jets-Falcons, and then this week's is Dolphins-Jaguars. Like, which intern had the projections – that said, you know, you're going to have two really bad teams in week five. You're going to have two really bad teams in week six, too, with the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Like, Dolphins, that's a tough prediction to have a bad team, but they set that up perfectly. So, good right. for you, NFL. They were supposed to be good. Their defense was supposed to be one of the best coming in from what they did at the end of last season. But, yeah, they've been a big disappointment. Yeah. And then the one game I'm really keying in on, this 4 o'clock game, Cardinals-Browns. This is going to be the Cardinals' first real test, I think. This is going to be probably the best defense they're going to see so far this year. I don't know. I think this is a big test. Like, can they go 6-0? and Even So even at 5-0, and they're still looking in the rear room here, and they see the Rams at 4-1. and So I think this is really still a game that they have to get. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a tough one. They're going to be grinding it out, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I think so, too. It's going to be a great game. I think it's kind of resemble of what the Browns Chargers game was last year or last week, maybe not to the same extent, but just looking at some stats here, points per game, both teams are in 
top five in the league. Yards per game, both in top five. Rushing yards per game, top five, time of possession, sacks, interceptions. So, yeah, these are two great teams, and it's, it's an awesome week five matchup. Some other games that really stick out are Chargers-Ravens. I mean, we are still recording while the Ravens are playing in overtime, but if they can find a way to squeak this out, you'll have two four-and-one teams battling against each other uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Right, and that game's in Baltimore. Um, early line is, and this is prior to the game, the completion of this game, but early line is the Ravens being favored by three. So that's wow, um, very interesting. Yeah, that's four to six weeks here that Herbert's an underdog. So let's see if he can do, do his good uh streak against get the spread here. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah, it, I, I don't think the Ravens defense showed up tonight. The Colts, the Colts were running the ball pretty well, the Colts were throwing the ball pretty well. I don't know how the Colts really let this lead evaporate, obviously, blocked field goal, etc. But that will be a great game on Sunday to watch at 1 p.m. Yeah, and I did say to you earlier this week that just looking at this game, I didn't think this game was a shoe and win for the Ravens. I think the Colts always play these type of high-powered offenses tough just by running the ball, keeping the ball away from them, hold on to the time of his possession, and then some, just some tough defense. So we saw it the last two years with the – uh, the Colts against the Chiefs. They they were really one of the only teams to slow the Chiefs down in the regular season. But it is interesting to see them do it again against the Ravens. Exactly. And then we just have to bring them up because Dave keeps bringing them up week in and week out. Lions. The Lions might be 0-5, but they're not a bad football team. They're looking actually pretty good. They had two games that probably should have won, one against the Ravens, one last week against the Vikings, where the Vikings you know, obviously banged a field goal to win at the last second. Um, like the NFL can't figure them out yet. Like they are very sticking in some games and they're not favored in any of the games. No, they're not. So this week upcoming, they have the, the Bengals in Detroit. And right now they're three point underdogs. But um, since he's quarterback, Joe Burrow is banged up. I think he had a throat contusion. Not really sure what that is. I don't know how you get a throat injury during a football game. I don't know if it's flu season already around there, but I kind of just feel bad for Joe Burrow. First, second year, he's been playing awesome in my opinion, and he just getting killed back there. Like, yeah. yeah, they got him. They got him his favorite college weapon in Jamar Chase, but their offensive line is hurting, man. They are. They are really hurt. All right, but that that's a good look at the NFL Week Six. You know, we are going to touch NBA. NBA starting back up. Obviously, Tony's a Nuggets fan. Dave is a Sixers fan. He's a Ben Simmons fan. So, we'll have to get his input on the Ben Simmons situation. Sonny is a huge Kyle Lowry fan. So may see Sonny become a, a Heat fan this year, they, uh, Tony. So we'll have to wait and see. But all in all, a long year in the NBA. NCAA is starting up. Just a quick note here. There are a ton of transfers this year. Like an, an insane amount. The one team that I think might make it to the Final Four this year is Texas. Their roster is loaded. Their roster is loaded. They got a transfer in Marcus Carr from Minnesota. They got a transfer, Trey Mitchell, like an A-10 player of the year type guy from UMass. They got a kid from uh, Kentucky this year. So I Texas is going to be one of the good teams to look out for this year, kind of like the Baylor last year where they reloaded um, and had a good amount of players. But We'll see if uh, Shaka Smart could finally break through there. Yeah. Is he still the coach? He is still the coach. I oh, know. Sorry. He is not the coach. They have the best coach in college basketball, Tony. Who's their, who's their coach now? Their coach is the former Texas Tech coach, Chris Beard. 
Oh, okay. When they went to the championship. Yep, exactly. So nice. Okay. They uh, look pretty good. Like I said, they got a transfer in Trey Mitchell. They got a transfer in Marcus Carr. They have Andrew Jones returning. It, Andrew Jones, who dealt with cancer, but he is back. He's a double-digit scorer. They have Courtney Ramey back. Devin Eskew transferred from Kentucky. They have Avery Benson, who is a transfer as well. So they are freaking loaded this year. Uh, for college basketball, did they also get a free year of eligibility? Like football I did? I believe so. Okay. So I would expect, um, even regardless, I would expect Gonzaga to be up there again. Um, Baylor, again, just by their scheme and the way they're coached. Illinois will be up there again. Michigan, even Bama. Bama surprised everybody a little bit last year. They'll be up there again. And probably Houston as well. Houston, just by the schedule they play and just the, the talent they get recruiting-wise. Yeah, so we'll have, we'll have some previews on college, uh, college basketball, NBA, et cetera. And NBA, we'll, we'll try to keep it non-biased here. Um, Dave and Rick are big Sixers guys. I'm a big Nuggets guy. Uh, I'll bring one of my buddies here on the pod to talk Nuggets and just talk about what's going on in Denver. I mean, like you said, we'll try to be unbiased, but there's some things we are biased on, such mm-hmm. as Damian Lillard, where we do not like him. It's not that we don't like him. We think the media portrays him more than what he is. Um, yeah, man, the Nuggets have like a like a brewing rivalry with the the Blazers now. They've met them in the playoffs the last three years, and they're in their conference. They they see him watch. They they always have these tough battles, especially Damian and Jamal Murray of late. But yeah, the media kind of just penciled him in as like a top five Hall of Fame guard right now. And I'm just looking at it like, what what does he want? Yeah, like I I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. He hits these 30-footers and seems home in the first round of the playoffs. But other than that, like I think you got to win to get yourself in that conversation. Yep, so Ravens had the ball second and goal, 25-25. This is a classic, Tony, that I think is going to happen right here, that Harbaugh wants to make Lamar the guy. I think they're going to snap it and try to run it in with him. If, if I'm a Ravens fan, I hope not, just by seeing him fumble once and almost twice on the goal line going in. I think he's going to play it safe here and just – Give it to your running backs. And look at that. They go no backs at touchdown Ravens. Touchdown Ravens, four and one. We'll see them play the Chargers next week at one o'clock. Thanks, everybody, for joining. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I said, it was just me and Tony tonight. We'll have Sonny and Dave this week. Uh, we'll yeah, I think Sonny, Sonny is out celebrating the, the Red Sox win. I guess he became a Red Sox fan tonight. I, I didn't know that was a thing. And yeah, he just likes to jump ship, right? Yeah, there, and then Dave had uh, maybe an hour before we started recording. Dave uh, submitted some more PTO time, so we'll see that on the payroll next week. Yeah, we'll definitely see that on the payroll. Sonny moves to Arizona. Somehow the Suns go to the finals. Becomes a big Suns Sonny, fan. Sonny also just became a assistant coach, so we'll have to. And I don't want to say what sport because I want him to fully give the details here. But I'm very curious to see how his assistant's going so far, and I want to see if I can pitch him some conditioning ideas here. So I don't know. I don't know if he's coaching in Arizona or coaching out in LA. He said some games are on LA, but I definitely have some, some good conditioning exercises for him and the kids. I, yeah. We'll have to get his insight. I know he's, I can't even believe he's a coach, but I, the kids are calling him coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to look forward to. I think we got to, fly a couple of listeners if you uh retweet the pod 
and like and subscribe it. We'll pick a few listeners to fly you out to the game. Next thing you know, he's going to be a Cardinals fan too. So we'll have to wait and see. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This was a good episode. We'll see you next week. Take it easy.